Welcome to episode 27 of Establish the Collection. I am Cody Main, joined as always by my co-host, Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going tonight, buddy? You switched it up on me. I didn't get a hello and welcome. I just got a welcome and now uh, I'm thrown off. Hey, I got to be honest and we can get this out of the way quick because I don't want to I don't want to spend too much time dwelling on it. The energy tonight is just not there. I'm I'm coming back from a devastating home loss. Husker Hoops home opener. They go out and lose as 17 point favorites to Western Illinois who you reminded me is the the Leathernecks. The Leathernecks maybe one of the all-time <laughs> great nicknames in college sports. And um, I'm sorry to my friend Cody Man. I'll try. I'll try. I, you know what? I'll, I'll be also be transparent. I was feeling a little down. The fiance and I are doing a lot of wedding planning. We're, we're the wedding's coming up in about five weeks. Here we're doing a bunch of stuff tonight. Seating charts, looking at music, all this kind of stuff. And I was feeling down. I just chugged some coffee just to try to give myself a little energy at this time of night. So uh, I'm going to try to bring it for us. But sorry that you had to lose to the Leathernecks. Not, nothing that you ever want to do. Uh, but I hope you had a good time at the game. And hopefully it's just nowhere to go but up here for the for uh, Huskers basketball this season definitely nowhere to go but up from here it's been a it's been a rough go for Husker athletics to start the 2021 sporting season for us both in in basketball and football now gosh just an utter nightmare but but we have other reasons to be excited on the podcast we're going to get this out of the way as well but I'm going to give you more time to talk about last night's W for one G Hartman 314 (laughs) how's it going buddy how are you feeling in the uh, in the NBA DFS streets it's good, man. It's good. It's been a whirlwind. About 24 hours ago right now, I was literally pacing back and forth right here um, <laughs> in front of that TV while Anthony Davis uh, had to deal with the, I'm just going to say it, the disease of a teammate that Russell Westbrook is right now. Um, and while I needed him to get a certain amount of points for me to take down a GPP, he got into overtime, Lamella Ball, we were able to fend off and I was able to do it, took down the 100K on DraftKings last night. So feeling really, really good. It's obviously always nice when you're a, whatever you want to call it, a semi-pro DFS player to to have those big wins. It's validating. It's It feels good. It's just, So it's been a good 24 hours. I'm, I'm, I'm in a happy place right now. Yeah, I was very excited to see that come across the timeline last night. Congrats to you. You're, you. you're crushing it with the content on Establish the Run. So if you guys aren't subscribers yet, for whatever reason... You are absolutely missing out. You guys are crushing it with the props, crushing it in the DFS streets as always. You, Gallagher, Dink, Leone, everybody else behind the scenes just doing a fantastic job. So if you're out there listening, you're into NBA cards, you're into sports cards, you're into Top Shot, whatever it may be. If you're not playing DFS and you want to, you want to, and you want to do it well, sign up at EstablishTheRun.com. Get all of Gary's good information and hopefully you can take down a GPP as well. Yep. And it's not just tongue in cheek. Like we are legitimately yeah. the best. We are legitimately the best in the business. Like there's no one putting the time, effort, precision, um, just, j- and, and, and that has Mike Gallagher also just for like the actual news of it all that, that kind of puts it mm-hmm. all together, the, you know, behind the scenes for NBA projections and, and, uh, data and, and all that stuff, content, daily shows, top plays, everything that we are doing. I promise you, if you're an NBA DFS player, you will quite literally not find better content out there. So uh, it's it's a, it's a it's an honor and a pleasure to be a part of that team. Yes, absolutely. You guys are uh, doing amazing work and uh, tailing you as much as I can, trying to <laughs> do, get as many lineups as I can into the NBA DFS streets as well. Absolutely, absolutely. We've got a lot to talk about today, but we're going to try and move things along quickly here. We wanted to touch on Josh Luber's article. Some of you have may seen it's been out for almost a week now, but but he posted kind of a manifesto, if you want to call it that, uh, seven page or more, probably much longer than that now that I'm looking at it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's titled Trading Cards Are Cool Again, and he talks about a lot of interesting topics in there. 
mentioning some of the recent growth and volatility that we've talked about in past episodes. He also talks about the quarter two crash that we've referenced with base cards kind of tumbling and a lot of cards in general tumbling as well. And then talks about what, what what's to come. What are what are what inning are we in? Where are we at with card prices? Where are we at with the companies that are upcoming, which obviously he will have a big hand in as the head of the fin- Fanatics card company. Also talks about risk, risk factors, warning signs, what to think about in terms of supply and demand dynamics coming up. You and I both skimmed that article. We want to give it a full read here after the show again and, and maybe dissect it more on future episodes. But what do you, what were some of your main takeaways from Luber's article? Yeah, a couple of things. Just one, um, I was pretty impressed with just the writing in general. I think he's a, he's a smart guy, which is good to know if considering how much of the future of the hobby is in his hands. But I, I like how in the weeds he is with it. You know, like he's a true collector, hobbyist, investor, um, really gets into the the market side of things but at the same time he talks about his own personal collection and the fact that he's you know just loves cards so much and i think he's coming at it from an angle that that i'm really excited about because i could see myself in 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 him like somebody that just loves the actual hobby and cards so much and i have trouble you know get it you know separating from some cards even if i should be taking the delta on certain things and at the same time i'm so invested in and caring about what's actually happening yeah, with trends and and the the market itself. So he's coming at it from all these different angles, and I was very happy to see that. You know, talking you you mentioned it, talking about everything that's happened over the last year, the ups, the downs, kind of maybe some of the things that impacted the bottom, you know, the uh, the crash that we saw and the and the peaks, and now how it's leveled out, and just kind of you know comparing it to some of the booms from the um, '80s and then the early '90s, and just everything else in the future of the hobby as well, which is kind of what's really important for for as far as he's concerned and. I think he's. I think he's got a good mindset, and I, which it, it makes me, it makes me more encouraged about what Fanatics is going to end up doing with with this space. If if he's going to have as much control as as hopefully he will. It's hard to summarize all of the things that he talked about because this thing is a monster uh, yeah. of, of an article, and it's. I, I encourage you guys if you're even you know tangentially interested in cards, which obviously you are if you're here in collectibles in any form or facet, go give it a read. It's it's pretty interesting. We'll drop the link in the show notes to this episode, but I, he kicks it off with. Um, kind of the sports card boom and then subsequent fall in the 1960s. I didn't even know that story. Found yeah. it very interesting, but talks about how Tops had a problem with what we're kind of seeing today. Honestly, you know, we talk about this kind of tongue in cheek, but we noticed that ultra modern cards are just nuts because that's what people are ripping now. Everyone wants the newest product. Everyone wants the next thing. Everyone wants right. to invest in the next Lamelo Ball, the next Zion Williamson. You know, so we see these these ultra modern products continue to gain steam as they're released and continue to gain steam as these players perform. Um, but you saw a similar thing happen in the 60s with Tops as business was booming, company was selling more packs than than they could produce. But you had all of these 1950s Tops cards that when the hobby wasn't nearly where it was in the 60s, that were just kind of sitting there, nothing to do with it. So they literally took these cards on cargo ships and dumped them in the ocean. Yep. So you have all of these cards and has, you know, as you mentioned, th- probably thousands of 1952 Mickey Mantles just literally sitting on the bottom of the ocean. Truly just unbelievable. crazy. Yep. Yep. No, I know it's, yeah, it's, it, there's great anecdotes about that, about the history of the hobby, about his personal history in the hobby. And then, you know, I think what really is interesting towards the end of the, of the, you know, whatever you want to call it, manifesto article, you know, whatever you want to call this thing is just talking about the future. And, 
just kind of the state of where he sees the hobby in and what's what's next. And he thinks that, you know, like any other great industry of, of recent years, it's like innovator die. And he kind of talks about PSA buying Genement as an example of a company that is is forward thinking. But moreover, he's talking about why he thinks the hobby is still in a good place. And he's basically just breaking down the demand is still way higher than the supply. And at the end of the day, that's as simple as that. And I think if he's so aware of that, which I hope that he is, it gives me a lot of hope that fanatics will be very understanding of that as well. And, you know, that's what we need to keep this thing growing and stable. And, um, you know, I, I, I was very happy to see him break that down, uh, you know, in, in the way that he did. So, yeah, that was definitely the biggest takeaway, right? Cause he's going to have his hands all over the hobby over the next couple of years, decades and beyond. So seeing him be so, so aware of the current dynamics of the card marketplace and understanding what collectors want and need and what investors want and need is going to be huge for us, hopefully fanatics can nail those supply and demand dynamics. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And yeah, we'll, 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 we'll link this in the show notes. I mean, you can find it anywhere on, on socials. If you just type in Josh Luber or whatever, it's uh trading cards are cool. Actually just trading cards are cool again.com. You can, you can read it. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot. It's, it's hard to really break down in podcast form. I mean, we could take some bullet point right. notes and, and, and really dive in, but it's a worthy read. It's a worthy read that, you know, really sets up the future of the hobby in a lot of ways because it's coming kind of from the, the horse's mouth. So it's, it's good stuff. All right. Well, the basketball has been good, and the basketball was especially good for you last night. The football, the football, my God, on the field, off the field, it has been an absolute nightmare, especially over the last seven to 10 days. Where, where do you even want to start with, with what happened in week nine on the field, what happened in week nine off the field? What should we be thinking about heading into week 10 as we're recording Tuesday night? Just take take that wherever you want to go with it, because my God, week week nine was an absolute disaster. I really hope that we just look back at week nine of the 2021 NFL season as just a complete outlier because I, I think I tweeted like towards the end of the day Sunday that the NFL is just drunk today because it pretty much was <laughs> just drunk in so many ways. I mean, the Bills just straight up losing to the Jaguars, never getting it going. That's just the tip of the iceberg. It was a weird, weird effing day. Um, it was weird for DFS. It was weird for gambling. Uh, I took a bath on Sunday financially, and um, I think a lot of people did. Lost survivor pools, all that stuff. And, you know, it's it's one of the things that makes the NFL great. Every now and then, um, Denver is going to go into Dallas and just put a shellacking on. You know, every now and then, Aaron Rodgers is going to go on Pat McAfee's show. No, I'm just kidding. We'll get into that in a second. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, but it is it's it is one of the things that makes the NFL great because they will just send you for a curveball here and there. It's going to shake up the whole playoff race, shake up the whole MVP race. And it's it, it keeps the whole you know, fan base of the sport on its toes and it keeps card collectors on their toes as well, because they don't necessarily know what to do. Um, you know, when Dak Prescott gets his ass beat at home and on a game that they should have won. And when Josh Allen, MVP favorite goes in against the worst team in the league and can't put up a touchdown, you know, like these are all things that I think are opportunities. You know, it's like little finger in game of Thrones chaos is a ladder. So I think when things like this happen or like, you know, we talked about it from a more macro sense last week with Patrick Mahomes, but when, when someone is, you know, when, when craziness is happening or poor performances are occurring, it's opportunities for sharp investors to, to uh, you know, capitalize. And I think that's kind of where we are right now with, with everything going on in football, with kind of just the crazy seven to 10 days that it's been. Yeah, agreed. I want to start with a guy that, that uh, from a micro sense, looking at just player level stuff, I want to start with a guy that actually performed really well on Sunday, and that's Lamar Jackson. We've yeah. been talking about Lamar a lot in fantasy and DFS. The, the Ravens are finally 
above expectation and pass rate. It's been a huge point of, of contention for the fantasy community, for the DFS community. Now you have Lamar with his legs. You've got Lamar actually passing. We've got capable pass catchers in Baltimore. Things are looking up. They come back in overtime, beat the Vikings at home. They're now 6-2. and two. We had we had all but written off Lamar after week two. We since came off that stance because he's just a one-man wrecking crew, starting to get some pieces back healthy and getting things done. I'm feeling really good about where I'm at with what I'm holding, um, most of it yeah. fractionally with Lamar. I'm feeling really good, especially long-term, just given what he's been able to do this season. His base stuff is still down, uh, as is to be expected with what we've seen at kind of the recent overall market correction. But how sh- where, where are we at with Lamar? How should we feel about our Lamar Jackson shares? Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny because like the base stuff is down yet. We talk about that 2018 class. It's still, especially for football, it's still in a different tier than 2019 and 2020. Like we're the pop on that base PSA 10 Prism Lamar card is a 606. Okay. That's not a lot for a modern top 10 NFL quarterback, you know, who's won an MVP, is top five MVP favorite once again. So the fact that that card is down is a little puzzling to me. And just in general, is one that I'd be looking to buy. I know we're talking about, you know, we, we're, we're more into parallels and silvers and everything like that, just as a, as a kind of a reflection of the market. But I think in these types of cases of, of the Lamar, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield class, I think that base is still a good place to look. So I, I don't know if it's just um, kind of confusion of football overall right now. People don't really kind of know where to turn their money to or if just base isn't that hot in general. But I think Lamar, as you said, is set up pretty well for the rest of the season. He's got... Um, you know, all of his weapons healthy. I mean, Sammy Watkins comes in and out, whatever, but he's got, you know, the first round receiver Rashad Bateman starting to look pretty good. Hollywood Brown certainly playing the best football of his career. Mark Andrews is having a good season, um, you know, and and he's just continuing to be the rushing monster that he is. I think Baltimore's got a plenty of a chance to make noise. I think Lamar has plenty of a chance to kind of just keep climbing up in the MVP probability. And um, I, I'm bullish on Lamar, which is kind of a complete 180 from where we were after week two or whatever. And we were both like, uh Oh, is this a Lamar down year? And I think we both at this point could just say, Hey, we were probably wrong about that one. Yeah. That, that base card at a five thirty valuation right now on card ladder is an absolute buy for me. That's kind of right in, right in the wheelhouse for my budget on a single card. And as you mentioned, I think there's been a, a overall overreaction to the base market that I think we will see some positive correction on eventually. I think that just the, just the, we, we, I'm starting to see podcasts and content creators in the card space. Our base, our base cards dead. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of a lot of negative connotation around base cards. And I, you know, obviously we're looking for parallels. We're looking for refractors. We're looking for you know, uh, chase card inserts. The kaboom, the the color mat, the uh, color blast that you showed for your your Mahomes card last week. Um, you know, we're looking for all those type of things. But in some sense, not all base cards are created equal. Some of the base cards, and as far as football goes, from 2019 and 2020, we'll look at those over the next couple of years and realize just how high those pop counts are in 2018 and prior, those cards are going to be less accessible and, and less easy to get our hands on. So I'm definitely interested in a pop count of a 600 Lamar base card on a PSA 10. And I think you've got multiple outs this year. If you want to, if you're, if you're looking to take some quick profits or long-term, because I just think, I just think Lamar is, is absolutely the real deal. And, and given the injuries and some of kind of the, the issues that the Baltimore Ravens had to start the season and him, him overcoming that, as kind of just that one-man wrecking crew, definitely excited about Lamar, both short and long-term. Yep, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, you know, it's funny. I just remembered a dream I had last night. This is so strange. I had a dream. Just And my, my train of thought is staying in division here. So I had a dream that <laughs> Joe Burrow and the Bengals beat 
Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. I don't know what year or where. Yeah, I don't. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know when or where. I literally just remember this. It's so weird. Uh, I don't know where or what season this was or or in what reality this existed in. But um, <laughs> it makes that me feels, just just remembering it. I want to talk about Joe Burrow now. <laughs> that feels like a twenty twenty five like perfect Super Bowl matchup in the making where you can get like. You know, that for like plus 1500. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be a starting quarterback. That, that's but, also um, probably fair. Talk yeah, about your boy it, because you've been you've been high on Joe Burrow. He had a rough week. That, that's probably week. one of the weirder games, as, as many weird games as we had this week. Them losing at home 41 to 16 to the Browns, yep. dealing with all the turmoil of the Odell stuff and Baker's shoulder injury and all, you know, everything that's going on in the Browns organization right now. Them getting just shellacked at home was was very surprising. So talk to me about Joe Burrow because I'm extremely high on this offense still in in tailing you on your level of uh, of optimism on Joe Burrow. Yeah, definitely Ewing theory with uh, Odell over there. Oh, yeah. For, for Cleveland, oh, yeah. For sure, right? By the buyer beware on Odell. I don't know where Oof. he's going to end up, but oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Burrow, you know, again, I so he's the exact opposite of Lamar. We're like, I'm not interested in buying that base in a PSA 10 because it's got a pop of almost 2,000 and like clearly is going to be rising, right? So like, let's say that thing settles in around like three, 4,000 by the end of the season, maybe by like, you know, middle off season. Like that's a $275 card right now. That should probably come down to like high 100. So I think that's kind of where that card should be valued. So that's probably not a buy for me. But again, we've talked about some of the stuff that I've invested in, which is, you know, some select stuff, um, silvers, I would be interested in if you can get your hands on it. But I still think that that offense has some real firepower. I'm obviously worried about their ability to keep Joe Burrow upright. Besides that, I do think that I, I don't know if they're quite what we saw at the very beginning of the season when they were the first place team and they were the hottest team in the NFL. And I don't think they're quite what we've seen in the last two weeks where they've lost against the Jets and got shellacked at home. So I think there's this happy medium somewhere for Joe Burrow where he's still going to be competing for at the very least a wild card this year. And I believe their schedule eases up. I don't have that in front of me. Um, but I, um, I, I'm still very bullish on him. I really am. And you know, I think if you have Burrow stuff, I think you're in a good place to be. And I think more more, more than anything, what I'm just happy to see from Burrow, if you're a long-term Burrow collector, if that's kind of the place you want to be. And I, I've mentioned how I'm cool doing it either way. Like I, I'll probably keep some stuff for, for long-term and, um, you know, be trying to offload at certain points this season. But I think what he's shown is that, you know, he's the real deal. He came back off a major, major injury and has been consistently like a top 10, top 12 fantasy quarterback all year. He's got firepower on the offense. He knows how to move the ball. He's just a leader of men. I think as well. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still excited about Burrow. How, where do where do you stand on uh, Joey B? To your point on, you, you thought the schedule was going to open up for them. It's the other way. Uh, yeah. Per PFF who we've, we've referenced a lot on this podcast in terms of strength of schedule, just kind of a uh, easy way to get a, a good glimpse of, of what's to come. They've got the third toughest remaining schedule. Ah, Damn. I don't know who I was thinking of. Maybe it was another AFC North, team. Uh, but um no, I so long term. Yes, very much excited about where I can get my hands on on the shorter printed stuff uh, for Joe Burrow, especially. And as you mentioned, yeah, definitely not interested in any of that base stuff. It's already right. got a pop count of two thousand, almost three four x what we just talked about for Lamar. Um, yeah, so definitely not not interested in the base stuff there, but very much so excited in the shorter printed stuff. I want to talk about a guy whose schedule does open up according to PFF, mm-hmm. and that is a guy that we've been trying to buy, but the stuff is extremely low pop count. You, it's really tough to get your hands on, and if you're interested in it, whether it's short-term or long-term, Ryan Tannehill. They're currently the number one seed in the AFC. They just took down the Rams on Monday Night Football, and Sunday Night Football? Monday Night Football? One of the uh, two in prime time. Monday Night? Sunday night? I should know because I write those games up, Monday right? Night. You would think Sunday you would night. think that Monday I would remember night. that. Monday night was uh, the Steelers last. That's time. right. That's Sunday right. Night. We'll talk. We can talk about them too. Yeah. Uh, 
But Tannehill's got the, the softest remaining schedule, and the Titans have the softest remaining schedule. We could potentially see them be more pass-heavy down the stretch with Derrick Henry out, obviously. And we know we know how how much that first-round buy means to a long playoff run, right? Now, I don't know if that's the team that gets the first-round buy. I don't know if they're equipped to make a run, even if they do. But, man, like... It's just it just seems like it sets up so well for like an end of season flip on this Tannehill stuff if you're trying to make some quick money. Yeah, it's such a good point. And um, yeah, so yeah, we've talked about him a lot also, and he's one of those guys that has both tops Chrome and Prism. Mm -hmm. But you know, I, I don't know what everyone else is thinking and why people aren't thinking like us. But the fact that <laughs> that that Prism 2012 card, the one in the the uh, Aqua jersey, is a pop of 76 and is still some $100 card. And oh, my God. Is it that low? Yeah. It's oh. a $90 card right now. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but, like, I still feel totally fine with that. We're talking about a top 15 quarterback in the league who might, you know, it doesn't have the best player on the team right now. They're going to be forced to throw him more. It's right. probably not great for their overall just, you know, upside. But, uh, obviously, it's not to have the best running back in the league out in Derrick Henry. But it's – that's just – it screams undervalued card. And maybe it's just the market thinking this is not a sexy player – He's never going to be a Hall of Famer or not sure. a top eight quarterback or whatever. But I think that if they ever do make real noise in the playoffs, there's, as you said, especially if they can walk to a top two or three seed here, maybe the number one seed, that's going to, that'll go up. Like, I mean, there's some, certainly some real, uh, you know, upside just even in this season on that card. So I'm, I'm excited about Tannehill. The other thing, one point could be that the pop is so low that you don't see very many sales yes, of that card, right? So you don't, you don't get that kind of circulation. People are scared to buy because you don't have very recent comps, but yeah, you could you could certainly see that thing pop in the and playoffs. And in the same especially. vein, though, it can it it know that easy it could that easily just completely moon up. You know, if right. two are up and he has a 500 yard game, four touchdowns, and brings them to the AFC Championship, whatever, you'll see that card go from ninety dollars to three hundred dollars overnight because there's only going to be two sales in that night. You know what I mean? So it's like you can easily see see that type of thing happen. Sure. Probably the most embarrassing game of the week nine weekend was the Bills losing to the Jags oh uh, in a very nice six to nine score. What are our Josh Allen thoughts as he's still currently the, the betting favorite to win MVP? They're probably the, the betting favorite to land the one seed in the AFC. Certainly one of the top favorites to win the Super Bowl, although the NFC looks incredibly deep. Um, so I don't know. Any any NFC team that comes out, I think, would probably be favored over any AFC team. Yeah, I agree. Where, um, are, we, where are we at with Josh Allen? Yeah, I mean, I th I just think that every every team, every quarterback, every great team's allowed one major, mm -hmm. major dud on the season. And when the Giants won the Super Bowl in 2007, they lost to the Vikings 41 to 17 at home. I think Eli threw like four picks, three pick sixes. Uh, I was at that game. It just comes in mind. I it, it, I don't read into it at all. They didn't show up. They didn't come to play. They thought they can come in and just beat them with their eyes closed. It didn't happen. Um, it was, you know, Josh, the other Josh Allen really got the best of him. <laughs> um, Josh Allen. Yeah, defender, that was great. Which was fun. And uh, I'm fine with Josh Allen. I think he's still perfectly safe. I think he has as good of a chance to win the Super Bowl as any quarterback. I think he has as good of a chance to win MVP this season as any quarterback. He does it on his, he does it with his legs. He's got the biggest arm in the league. Um, and we've ha we're halfway through the season, and we haven't even seen Stephon Diggs really get going yet. So I think there's nowhere to go but up for for that whole Bills offense, which is kind of crazy to say, considering they um, have been pretty good for the majority of the season. So. Yeah, that card, his card, his base 2018 Prism card had a precipitous drop off after that game. So it was right around, you know, you, obviously sales vary. It was anywhere between eight, nine hundred, upwards of a thousand dollars. 
the most recent sale of that card was for $587 on the 7th. So see auctions ending. If you can get your hands on that, if that's in your budget and you believe in the Bills offense, obviously to write the ship after that loss, which I, I would expect them to do, then that's certainly a card that I would love to get my hands on. Whether it's short or long term with him, I'm I'm definitely a believer in in the Bills organization and with the way the Bills have structured that offense to to make him successful. And you know, Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley. I don't know. Is Dawson Knox going to be back at all this year? Or is he out for the season? I don't know. I think he's out for the year. Uh, but but regardless, they I think that they've got the pieces offensively to to make some noise and and they're the know. betting apparently, favorites to come out of the AFC. He will be back, Dawson Knox. So there you go. Um, which is good, good offensive the pieces too. around Josh yeah. Allen, the offensive right. so, Josh Allen. Right. And yeah, so as I think that's the prime example, I didn't even realize that it dipped that much after this, this game, but that's the prime example of chaos being the ladder in this hobby, right? Like mm-hmm. that, what was it overvalued at close to $1,200 with a 1200 pop at, at a base card? Maybe, but is it now undervalued at 587 or whatever card ladder is valuing out right now? Probably. So, you know, it's, I, you, you could buy these dips after really crazy poor performances on a Sunday for sure. All right, I want to get want to leave us some time to get to rookie quarterbacks, but any any other of these MVP favorites towards the top end that you want to rapid fire on? Tom Brady, Kyler Murray. Uh, we got Aaron Rodgers. Do you want to do you want to touch on the Aaron Rodgers off the field saga and how that might impact his card prices? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk Rodgers. Um, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you you know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Came out in the offseason and said he was immunized in a press conference, was clearly lying about his vaccination status. When then, you know, obviously he's out for COVID-19, has to miss the game because he's not vaccinated, has to go through a whole process. He's going to miss another game, I believe. Goes on Pat McAfee show, um, basically rambles nonsense that makes has no backing in the medical community at all. Um, thinks he thinks he's sound, I don't want to get too personal with my opinion on this, but he thinks he's the smartest guy in the world. And I think that's one thing. Most, he he absolutely thought he crushed that interview, right? Yes, yes. He walked 100%. away thinking. Good job, Aaron. Like I explained myself, (laughs) you know, if anyone that doesn't understand just clearly is not on the level, Um, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's gotten into politics. It's all over the news. I think that this, the interesting question is here was, would would this impact his hobby, Um, you know, market and and value and, and, and et cetera. The short answer, just doing some real research in the last minutes <laughs> is that uh i don't think it has too much what are you seeing so on the on the base side uh his his tops base this is just the paper card that's got a pop count of around 2200 it did fall uh how much of that is just just it being one sale and the prior sale being overvalued a little bit um on 11.7 it sold for a thousand and then just yesterday 11.8 it sold for 750 you'll okay. see these small fluctuations in markets like that you can look back over the last you know 30 days 60 days and see kind of some of the same upwards and downward trend line but i i will be curious to see if there is you know some negative takeaways i don't know he's still what a top five quarterback all time uh, i imagine when he gets back on the field and starts playing like a top five quarterback of all time people will kind of quickly forget about this stuff it was a it was a bad look whether no matter which side uh you know of the of the debate you're on i guess if you want to call it that uh you know it was it was an interesting look i should say yeah. uh to, to be fair but some people no, would, I, would some call, people, I would i would call it a bad look but you know it, that's fine and like that's not even made i think if people don't want to get vaccinated that's their right I, I i don't understand you but that's your right um I just, but I think no matter what, when you go on there spewing nonsense, it's a bad look. But I think you were right the first time because the the closest thing I can kind of um, compare to this is LeBron because 
people aren't mm-hmm. happy with LeBron's political stances and yeah. people still invested in LeBron James's cards. And obviously Aaron Rodgers is a top 10 quarterback of all time. He's not potentially the goat, but quarterbacks are quarterbacks and they rule this hobby. Once he's back on the field, this isn't going to impact his market very much. And now being linked to uh, being linked to Odell Beckham. I don't know what you think that thing th- that that might do for the team if if Odell Is ends that true? up there, but I didn't even see that. Oh, God. That's where Odell uh, Odell's camp leaked that he wanted to end up. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but you know he cleared he cleared waivers. There obviously isn't too much yeah. of a market out there for no. Odell right now, so we'll Not we'll see all. where Odell ends up. I think he's still probably a plus player. There might have just been some chemistry issues between him and Baker. I don't know. I really uh, don't know, man. He hasn't been productive in a long time. It has been a while. It has like been a while. I think Levitan posted that he hasn't he hasn't had a, a posted a 100 yard game since September of 2019. Yeah, right. And so, that's I mean, just it, a, it has been a while. And that's just a hundred yard game. Like, right. People could fall into those. Like AJ Green could still fall into those. If you really look at his seasons, <laughs> um, you know he is he is not like I think I was looking at his you know football reference the other day. Like he really I would not be investing in Odell Beckham. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Like I I don't know. I mean between the head case that he is, um, and the fact that he has not, so I guess okay, Cleveland, the 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 second the first year with Cleveland, he put up a thousand and thirty five yards and four touchdowns on seventy four catches. But even the previous few years on the Giants, I mean, he played thirteen games and he had se- similar line his last year on the Giants. The year before that, he was hurt, so he hasn't had a real dominant year like the thirteen hundred yard year since twenty sixteen. So I mean, we're talking; it's been a very long time since he's been a dominant football player. And that brings up an, another point that's actually. One that's really relevant to the card market is that when a player transcends the sport, transcends their position for a year, or in his case, it, a lot of it boils down to the catch, right? Like yeah. how, how much of, how much of the Odell Beckham persona was carried just by that one catch. It's yeah. crazy. But one a lot catch. of this can, a lot of people will be willing to hold on to a player as whether it's in, in their card market or whether it's just them as a positive player, whether it's them in, in DFS or fantasy or wherever you're, wherever you're betting on these players, a lot of people will hold on to them because of, one game or one season or one small sample thing that that sticks in your mind. I think a lot of that, a lot of times that'll happen in the card market too. Right. Right. Well, though, no, it was the one catch and it was three absolutely dominant years to start his career on the, with the yeah. giants. And he has never shown anything since then. Like right. pretty much is not like he's been, a, he had one solid year on the Browns. That was it. And, you know, look, could he be so talented a la Randy Moss that he can go to the Patriots at the very end of his career and put up the most dominant season in wide receiver history, which is basically what happened with Randy Moss. I mean, he was on the Raiders doing a lot of nothing for a mm-hmm. couple of years and then literally, you know, linked up with Tom Brady and became, you know, had the best season of his career. Could that happen with him because of his talent? Sure. But I would bet against it, especially with where his head's at. So. Definitely. Okay. What about any of these rookie quarterbacks that uh, played in week nine? I think we saw kind of a mini coming out party for Justin Fields, who looked really yeah. good in primetime, even in a loss to Pittsburgh. It's a pretty good defense there. And, and finally, despite the Bears coaching staff, he actually looked really good using his legs, hitting Mooney and, and Allen Robinson downfield. I finally got excited about, about Justin Fields for the first time this season. Yeah, and he had been the guy that I mentioned a little bit last week when I was doing some kaboom chasing that he that I was kind of mm-hmm. trying to get into because at least I know he's on the field. At least I know that he still has the raw skill set. If anything's holding him back, it's the team and Matt Nagy, um, where all these other guys still have you know a bunch of red flags and maybe still a little bit more expensive. Like obviously Lawrence is still going to have the Lawrence hype. Trey Lance has the San Francisco hype, kind of a little bit of the unknown. I think Fields right now is kind of the most rock solid uh you can make an argument for mac jones as well but like clearly mac jones's week in week out ceiling is not what justin fields is so i'm excited about fields obviously i was going through my nba dfs sweat last night so i didn't really watch much of the game but 
you know, looking at box scores, watching highlights, I was encouraged to see him finally kind of step up. Guys, you really have to remember how long it takes for these rookie quarterbacks to get the speed oh, and yeah. the feel of the NFL. Like it's, it is totally, yeah, not, not everyone's going to be Justin Herbert, right? It's totally normal right. for, uh, you know, these guys to really struggle on their transition, especially if they don't have a lot of help around them from the coaching staff, from the other personnel. So I would be kind of really trying to be buying a lot of these rookie quarterbacks right now before any of them have the chance to really break out. I think as these products come out, and we're, again, we've, we're still waiting on the big ones, but mm-hmm. you almost hope that most of these guys haven't had those breakout performances by the time some of these good products come out, because that's going to be the time where they might be a little bit more affordable than six, seven months down the line when people are excited about their second year or whatever it might be. And in theory, we so, do have products coming out, hopefully, some point this season, yeah. physical products. And, and NFL Top Shot is is still in the work. It's been kind of uh, mum from from them to this point after their their announcement. So I'm very curious to see when we'll get some some investable NFL products, whether it be in the physical or in the NFT space, hopefully yep. soon. I totally agree. Hopefully speaking we'll of soon. speaking of Top Shot, NBA Top Shot's been hot lately. Uh, we've got we've got our first series three rookie moments with some of the top top rookies that we mentioned uh, on last week's show those packs dropped Gary and I did not get packs but I was a little bit busy in the secondary marketplace trying to gobble up a guy that we are both very high on Evan Mobley he uh, he lit up your Knicks a couple nights ago he did. and his top shot moments kind of subsequently had a little bit of a spike after that how do you how are you feeling about uh you know what looks like a rookie who could who could transcend that class he looks like he's going to be a pretty good player he's the real deal man he's absolutely the real deal and what he's also doing is speeding up cleveland's timeline quite a bit yeah. right they're like yeah i think cleveland was kind of a hot t- hot name of like taking a, a mini leap maybe competing for the play-in but what people didn't realize was going to be how much of a star evan mobley was going to be right out of the gate how nba ready he was how many good things he does on both sides of the court um and once you take all that into account, it just like when, you know, I'm not saying he's Luca, but when Luca got to Dallas, it took them from an eight seed to a three seed immediately. Now that's not, but what could happen is it's taken Cleveland from a 13 seed to a seven seed to be the, that's all very much in the realm of possibility. Uh, when you take, you know, take, add, add into account, we're getting a, a nice third year leap from Darius Garland, which, which, which you and I both predicted Ricky Rubio is playing the best ball of his career. That Cleveland team's pretty good. They're going to keep being competitive against real com- opponents and he's just going to keep getting better. That is the cream of the crop of this class right now amongst a pretty good rookie class. He, the, the only thing going against him at all is that he's a big, but we haven't seen that impact too much. Some of the recent guys like triple J as a market, bam, as a market, Jokic has a market. If you are going to be transcendent like that, you should still have a market. So Evan Mobley is super, super exciting. Uh, kind of upset. I didn't get to go to that Nick game to see him in person. Cause man, did he look good, but the Knicks lost. So I guess I wasn't really upset, but uh, yeah, Mobley, couldn't be more bullish about him at all. I'm I'm all in on his stuff because he's got sustainability as a long-term NBA uh, star. So any any kind of stuff I'll get my hands on, I'll be happy about. Yeah, when I see Dink compare him to guys like Kevin Durant and and Tim Duncan yeah. uh, on Twitter, that's that's all Kevin I really Garnett, need. Kevin Garnett too. He's got shades of all those guys. Yeah, he does. Did I say you know? Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah, but listen, Kevin, Kevin, Durant, Kevin Garnett is who I meant to say. But hey, Durant, if, he, if he could be Kevin Durant, then shit. <laughs> I mean, Durant, Durant's seven feet tall too, right. so you know whatever. they've got the height thing there. <laughs> yeah, uh, other rookies in that first drop, uh, some interesting names: Jalen Suggs, who was a guy we were very excited about this offseason, obviously playing in Orlando, and we could talk about another guy uh, from Orlando. His moments didn't receive near as much love as the Mobley moments. You've also got Josh Christopher, who's on that exciting Rockets team from that excited, exciting Rockets rookie class that we were we were in on this offseason as well. Jalen Johnson in Atlanta, Davion Mitchell, who's doing some interesting things 
for Sacramento and then uh, Moses Moody. So some interesting names. We have another drop upcoming. That will be Friday, November 12th at 11 a.m. Pacific. So get get in the queue. There's 350,000 packs available. Going to be some really low-end moments in there, probably some 2 or $3 moments that you're going to end up getting your hands on. But they're just $9 a pack, and you can buy up to 10 So if you just want to have some fun ripping packs, want to chase some of these rookies, then uh, highly encourage getting into the queue. It's a pretty low-risk uh, way to get your hands on some top shot moments with some upside for some rookies. And it looks like the new rookies, so it's going to be all the same moments from the round one release, mm-hmm. but then there's three new rookies as well. Chris Duarte, Josh Giddy, and Nebraska's very own Delano Banton, who is uh, actually getting minutes Toronto. in Toronto, which is yeah. which is pretty interesting. He's a, he's a fun player. I will I will definitely be getting my hands on at least one of those moments. That's sure a good trio, be. man. That's a good yeah. trio. So Duarte is going to be one of these guys that's going to have like a um, – muted but safe floor hobby kind of like his kind of like his uh his encore persona yeah, he's already, right. the 24 year old rookie is really good already mm-hmm. i don't know if he's ever going to be a super duper star but he's going to just be a very good player uh kind of fits right into that indiana um you know energy that, yeah like, very, not, very not much an indiana type. guy definitely. yeah so but i i like him quite a bit i think he's safe but giddy is the one he's 18 years old number five pick on okc really high upside so that's the guy i'm looking for in this new pack for sure Awesome. Love to hear it. Let's, let's try and get some of those packs. Maybe we can rip them on the show if we get our Definitely. hands on a few. Would Definitely. love to do that. We want to talk about NBA a little bit in the just kind of through the prism of most improved player because a lot of these guys we talked about this offseason when we were doing the offseason shows. And you know a lot of them are, are starting to perform and starting to make some waves in the most improved player race. And I think that that obviously has an impact on their card markets if they're improving as much on the field to be considered for most improved player award then obviously they're doing things that would help impact their card markets positively. So I think one of the biggest names is is a Charlotte guy, not LaMelo, Miles Bridges. Yep. What are you seeing from Miles Bridges on the court? Well, in just about every single metric, um, he has taken a major, major leap. Uh, usage, shooting percentage, ability to get to the basket, ability to get to the line. Um, and he's scoring in all different ways. He works so well with LaMelo Ball. He's jumpy, he's bouncy, he's, ath- he's you know, athletically, he's never been a problem. Uh, I th- I tend to think that it's more real than it's not as well. I mean, um, he passes the eye test in every way. He's still a young player. He was a major, major prospect coming out of Michigan State. Uh, had a little bit of a down last year in college. I think kind of muted his thing. He was a back end of the, uh, muted his, pros- uh, his, his, um, you know, his, his prospect uh, outlook. Back end of the lottery player. And really came on in the second half of last year. And now he's kind of t- he's rolled right over into making this a full on, uh, I guess this would be his fourth year, third or fourth year leap here. So uh, fourth year. Yeah. So I'm really excited about Miles Bridges. I got this is a blue uh, refractor of his rookie um, PSA nine. Mm-hmm. So I wish I was getting a 10 on this guy. But the, the thing with Bridges is similar to Darius Garland. Somebody who's talked about he didn't sign on with Panini for autograph. So the. Uh, parallel stuff out of prism and optic and things like that has a slightly higher premium because there is no chase RPAs or anything like that. So he's a really interesting guy in that regard. And he's a perfect poster boy of someone that, um, you know, has completely shot up. If you look at his last three months chart, just on his silver version of that card, prism PSA 10 on card ladder, we have a pop of 601 and it has gone up literally 132% in the last three months. Uh, started, the beginning of August is a $180 card and is, is now um, 
you know, peak had hit had highs of $560 is back out to around 400 between 400 and $500. I actually have one sitting on eBay right now for about 600. I would take, I probably pull the trigger at around five, five fifteen. So it's so encouraging to see that run up over the last three months. If you were someone that was betting on miles bridges this off season to improve and he does improve. It's so encouraging to see that growth, you know, making the, the, the actual payoff being there yep. for their card going from around $200 up to, you know, 400, $450 over the last 90 days and a good, a good number of sales too. 41 sales over the last 90 days, 600 pop count. That's, that's just a really healthy market for a player like that. Yeah. And I mentioned, I have that exact card up on eBay right now. And like, it gets hits every day. I'm getting messages yeah. about it and everything. Like I, I want to get a little over 500 and I know I can because it's gone for that already, but like, I'm not concerned about his play falling off or I'm going to lose a lot of value on that card right now. I will pull the trigger on the sale over the next month or so, but I'm not concerned about it going down too much right now. He's playing really, really well. Right. Absolutely. Who who was the next guy that was on your list in terms of most improved candidate? Yeah. So this guy I want to, I think I have to talk about here is a guy that I, I don't know if I'm ready to full on take the L on, but pretty close. And that's Cole Anthony in Orlando. Um, you and I had an off season NBA talk and right after the NBA draft and we're like, well, what, what the hell's going on with Orlando? They got all these guards. They got Jalen Suggs. They got Markel Fultz eventually coming back. They got RJ Hampton, who's a guy I really like. And then there's just this Cole Anthony guy who to me was just a volume scorer, inefficient, um, you know, it was a big high school name and I never liked his game very much, both in college at UNC and in his rookie year. And now he comes out this year and is just taking a ridiculous leap. Like the guy could score 40 with his eyes closed. It seems like he's really kind of, you know, we thought this was going to become Suggs team. This is becoming Cole Anthony's team. Like he's the alpha, the locker room loves him. He's got a fun personality too. Um, you know, son of a former Nick Greg Anthony, uh, and NBA pundit, uh, I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing from Cole Anthony on the floor. I don't know what kind of defensive player he's ever going to be, but just from an actual, like, true, uh, 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 possibly being an elite scorer, he, he's got that upside. Plus 2,500 in the most improved player market. His card's also almost up 200% over the last 90 days. So talk about uh, talk about the hobby really buying the second-year leap from Cole Anthony. 207 sales over the last 90 days. Obviously, with PSA being closed, all of this stuff is going to be raw. But uh, you can find that thing raw right now for $67, which, I mean, where, where would you be at on a $67 raw silver prism Cole Anthony card? Is that something you'd be buying or just kind of waiting for, waiting to get slabbed up, shorter printed stuff? In your hands or, or where, you, where are you at with Cole? With stuff like last year's Prism, you almost have to be dealing in the, um, especially for a mid, like a guy that was kind of a mid-tier rookie that wasn't LaMelo or Edwards or something, you're going to have to be dealing in those uh, raw streets. So you just do, if you're interested in buying, which at a silver, like uh, I think it's okay if you really do believe this is real. I think a 60 bucks, 65 bucks is okay. Um, you just have to be doing your best to to analyze pictures, hope that the, the seller has good pictures up there, get high quality, high def, try to check out the surface because... Um, that's going to be the streets. And I'm fine with it. I'm fine with buying raw. It's just, you have to know mm -hmm. the risk you're entering, but you know, it, it's, I think raw is, is for this last couple of years right now until PSA has it is going to, is going to hold a little bit of a premium compared to what we used to see. So it's, it's okay. But yeah, man, averaging 20 points a game. Um, and you know, is, is doing it, it with, uh, you know, solid percentages. I think he's, uh, what is he shooting for? Oh yeah. Almost 42% from the field, 35% from three. Um, I, I, I would like to see those numbers go up a little bit, but, um, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. I was looking at projected. He's shooting 45% from the field, 41% from three right oh, now. Wow. So, um, yeah, 19.3 PR. It, he's, he looks like a good player. He really does. And he's, he's, uh, 21 years old. So just as yeah. a quick aside on the silver stuff, because I'm really going through this right now and, and just trying to analyze pictures with raw because I'm trying to, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to 
derail the show again, but I'm trying to buy as much Hamzat stuff as I can. Hamzat Chemaev and everything is raw. You're starting to see a little bit more come back from SGC. I think I saw an auction tonight. Yeah. There's a, a pop count of like two for his uh, Panini Prism Silver PSA 10. So like there's nothing graded. So I'm getting cards that I, and I've already mes- messaged you about this. I'm getting cards that like pictures weren't great. And I'm getting cards that were dinged in the corners or had, right. you know, factory print, print errors. So yeah, to your point, if you can, and some of this new stuff is obviously you're going to be you're going to be dealing with raw for the most part. But if you can analyze pictures, if you can try and find the best of what's available, because, you know, not all not all raw cards are created equal. I think it's also another good place where you should actually really be utilizing eBay feedback, assuming you're doing eBay yeah. uh, this for eBay. Like I sell a ton of raw cards, but I'm not a dick about it. To excuse yeah. my French. Like I if I'm putting it up there, it's in okay enough condition where it's not going to be a complete bomb of a, of a grade. And if it is, right. I will make clear notes about it that like this card has this and I'm selling it because it's a raw enough, it's a rare enough card where it deserves to be sold at a certain price, but mm-hmm. it does have this happening to it. Otherwise I don't probably too much, too much detail about the condition, but hopefully you could see my, my feedback. You can see with the kind of cards I sell in my store and you know that I'm not putting just a, a card that's in crap condition up in my store. I truly think if I'm selling a raw card, I believe, and I don't think everyone operates in good faith like me. I know they don't. I, <laughs> no, I, I, no, I just know no. they don't. You're but too kind. You're way I, too I, kind. I, but like, I really don't like, I don't feel good about selling a card just because I know it's right. completely dinged up with a surface dent that you can't see in pictures. You know, like that doesn't make me feel good. And I hope that there are some good high feedback sellers out there that kind of operate in similar ways. I would like. Yeah, to. really good point. Do, do your due diligence regardless of what you're buying, but especially if you're buying raw. Who who else in the most improved mar- most improved player market do we need to discuss tonight? So I think the favorite actually is um, maybe my favorite player to watch in the NBA right now. A guy we've spoken about plenty on this podcast, but John Moran is the favorite in that race, I believe, yeah. right now. Yeah, he um, is. And it's always that difference of like, do, should you be gam- should should the voters be kind of actually voting on the Miles Bridges, Cole Anthony types, or should they be voting on like when Giannis won it a couple years ago, which is like right. the, with just like the superstar to super duper star or star to superstar jump, like, which is obviously what you're seeing with Ja right now. Um, I love Ja's the Grizzlies are my favorite league pass team right now, just for Ja. Like I, I am, it's unbelievable what that guy do, what that guy can do on the floor. He, he's like, I don't even know what, how do you explain it? He's like a mix of like Iverson mm-hmm. with like hops, like uh Nate Robinson, but with like some, Steph in his game like obviously not yeah. all of that but like right pieces he, of it pieces, pieces of all of, of those guys yeah yeah and it's just he and he's good and he's like really good yeah and he's he's his shootings improved this year and it's it's exciting so I you guys know I'm I'm I have a lot of jaw to hold mm-hmm. on to because I couldn't really unload any of it in his second year because he kind of had another I wouldn't say a full-on sophomore slump but he didn't have a great year last year and so i'm so encouraged to see this kind of third year bounce back and now third year leap out of job because i feel really good about my positions i have those tiger stripes and dragon scales and all these mm-hmm. really short printed job rent i have an, I have an uh, horizontal national treasures rookie patch autograph i just like have all this stuff that i feel like pretty good about and like maybe some of it all off unload this season as he continues this leap you know knock on wood uh but you know, he's the guy right now that I think has the best chance of winning this award. So uh, how do you feel on Jaws that somebody be buying or or holding or or what are your thoughts? Jaws one of those really fun guys too, just as a as a tangent on top shot too, right? Not only because the moments are so fun uh, from from Jaw, but also because he's one of those rare that we always talk about. He's from series one and he's got those those top shot uh, rookie 
top shot debut moments on there as well, which I think are going to be super valuable long term. So, um, yeah, whether you want to take some profits off the table, if you were in on jaw early as you were this season, I, I don't argue, I can't argue that, but some of the super short printed stuff that you have, man, I mean, that could be, that could be very, very valuable long term if, if yeah. jaw continues to take this leap. Yeah. His um, base moment on Top Shot has a mint run of 1,000. It is the double badge rookie, so it's got it's from his rookie mint rookie year, not his rookie premier game, but it is also a Top Shot debut. Series one, going for around $2,800 right now. I think that's a buy. Again, we're you know betting on digital. I think you know, anything from this series one and these rookies, these premier rookies, is going to hold significant value long term. If you got a little bit more money. His MGLE, the Metallic Gold series that we talk about, I think that's an extremely fun set, aesthetically pleasing set. The gold, the gold prisms we know do very well in the hobby as well. That's a sixty-two hundred dollar card or moment, and that's got a mint run of two ninety-nine. So anything you can get your hands on, job physical or digital, I think is a great buy at the moment. Yeah, we're in agreement there. I'm like, I, I actually think if you're just trying to get your hands on, um, you know, one piece of like a jaw. Uh, base type thing, or just kind of like you want to have your hands on a job rookie, I would look towards the digital probably more than the physical for uh, some of that stuff. Because, you know, once you get into the refractors and parallels, you might be on the same tier, but there's going to be so much rarer on top shot where you definitely don't want to be touching his base that is 18,000 pop and rising. Um, and it's still a $250 card. Like give the market credit. He's up 8% over the last three months. Um, you know, I think kind of steadied out over the last month or so, but, um, or two weeks. So he's up 10% over the last month. So yeah, I, I think that pops just going to end up over well over 20,000 and it's probably not a place you really want to be, um, buying into, but you know, I love the different options you have with job, whether it's, uh, you know, obviously it's ultra modern. So you have a ton of parallels, but I love the top shot options as well. Might be a, an actually a good use case, a good case study for, top shot versus physical because his silver PSA 10 has a pop count of 1200. Obviously that's going to rise a little bit. We know that. Um, so you got a pop count of 1200. That card is valued at 1700. So a little bit cheaper than the 1000 mint count on top shot. That's going Great for around 2800. So good, good. You know, wherever your budget may be, this is something to track and see well, how those markets interact as you know, this 30 year leap, this 30 year breakout for jock. And we'll come to, back to this too. Cause like we're only, yeah. you know what, 10 games into the NBA season. So maybe we'll, we'll check in on this every now and then, because this is such a good, it's an ultra modern. It's one of the top mm -hmm. 15 hours players in the NBA. Someone that might win an award, a big award coming up this year and um, should be an all-star, all that stuff. So this is a great one to track. Good call on that. This is the really interesting stuff because both of us are kind of physical and digital, not, not yeah. just like, oh, it's only physical, it's only cards, or, or it's only digital, it's only going to be top shot or NFTs. We're big believers that both can win out long term. And I personally am a big believer that invest in what you can, what you can afford, but invest in also in what you think is going to increase long run or what you're interested in long term as well. Because something like that top shot moment might be a better value than his physical cards. Whereas another player, maybe one of these 2020, 2021 rookies, maybe their top shot moments or their physical cards are better than, you know, vice versa. So I think it is an interesting thing to track. I think these 4,000, as another aside, I think these 4,000 mint runs on top shot debut rookies is just a perfect number. I think yep. that's such a great number because we're going to see these pop counts get pretty high, I think, on and the print runs get pretty high on all these ultra modern rookies going forward as well. 
Agreed. Agreed. And the last thing I'll say on Ja is like another way you can invest it in. I'm sure we'll start to see it on some fractional sites. If you see uh, out of 99 true vertical rookie patch autograph from National Treasures of John Maranco up on fractional, one of the safest investments you can make right now, yep. I think. As again, as long as that guy stays healthy, those that's the chain, right? We know there's only 99 of them. It's his ultimate patch autograph card. It's the same thing with Zion. When you see those things go up, those are like $75,000 cards. Obviously, it's hurt right now. I think Ja is going to reach that soon too on that card. So uh, I have the horizontal version of that card um, in a BGS 9. I feel good about that. That's probably around like a 10K card, but the, the vertical is what you want. That's the true RPA. And I think um, you'll start to see as he kind of gets a bigger profile, you'll start to see some of those pop up on fractional sites as well. So look at you wrapping it all together. We talk top shot, we talk NFTs and digital, we talk physical, and then you give me some love, my fractional love. Way to wrap it all up. I want to get out of here on one guy who is probably is definitely a long shot to win the most improved player award, but we cannot leave an establish the collection episode without talking about our boy, RJ Barrett, who is definitely improved. He might not be the most improved, but he's definitely improved. So talk to me since you're there in the garden almost every night. Talk to me about RJ Barrett. Most improved in my eyes. I'll tell you that much. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, I think it would, it would be really cool if, uh, and you know, he could certainly be still in the running sure. for this award. Like, you know, he's he's seemingly putting the team on his back when he has to. He's strong. Again, we've talked about all this last week. He's finishing around the rim more uh, than he ever has, shooting 44% from the field. We'll see the, hopefully, the three-point percentage will get back up to that 40% range like it was last year. I think he's around 35%. I'm not too worried about that. Um, and he's playmaking. That's the other thing. We didn't talk about this last week. We talked about his finishing. He's clearly physically bigger, stronger. We talked about the fact that he's become an even better defender, close to elite defender. But what I noticed last night, that guy's playmaking, man. He's passing. He's finding the open man. He's got really good court vision. He's putting it all together. And he's 21. We keep talking about that. He's got, and he's a really, really, really good player. And um, I have two RJ Barrett jerseys. I will get more. I love that man. He's my favorite player in all of sports right now, I think. And um, yeah, you know, we, you guys know how I feel about RJ, but I think he's got a chance at it. Maybe we can maybe get uh, two Knicks in a uh, in a row. We got Julius won it last year, most improved. Maybe we get RJ to win it this year. But I'm excited about Rowan Barrett Jr. Um, because he's the man. Is he the guy that gets the home crowd going most, or is there another guy on that team that gets the home crowd going most? Is it Randall? Is it D Rose? Is it quickly? That's a good question. Uh, it's actually Obi. Oh, it's it's, yeah, it's Obi topic. Obviously. So when Obi like when Obi does like high flying dunks and 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 alleys that'll do it. But and then it's then I would put uh, Barrett number two and a mix of Rose and Randall when they're cooking it as like a three A three B type thing. But every you know we love this team. Everyone gets us going. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna close I'm, things out here with a quick screen share for everybody that's following along. Yeah, let me add it in here on right. YouTube. I've got divs pulled up here. I do have our boy RJ Barrett pulled up here. We didn't do any sort of NFL draft, and the guys at divs are kind enough to, to help us fund our accounts each and every week. I love this collection that they have on divs here. You've got the silver uh, PSA 10. You've got the choice red BGS That's 9. A great That's card, at 88. Man. I mean, I got, I got a couple of those. What's is that undervalued? That seems like a pretty cheap card. So for at a, a nine five, that should be a little bit undervalued, I think. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know the current price of that card off the top of my head, but um that's a great card. And then this blue uh out of 199. Love all of these cards. So I'm just gonna buy the entire collection. Hell yeah. Let's give Rowan a hundred bucks here. I love the look Boom. of that. I love the look of that. Oh, that's gonna impact the price too much because our boy's not getting enough love. Let's do 25 bucks. All right, 25 works. RJ Barrett, 25 there bucks. Confirm trade. 
Love getting the pieces of these cards where, I mean, am I, I, I may never get my hands on an out of 88 card. I don't know how often they're selling. So if yeah. you've got them, great. But if you can't, get a piece of them on dibs. Uh, link is always in the show notes. If you guys haven't checked out dibs yet, they're just doing things incredibly well, incredibly easy to use platform, fun. Get your hands on some of the best cards in the hobby. And actually, we're looking to try and get some of these guys from dibs on because they know a lot about the hobby, probably, uh, you know, more more than me. Hopefully, maybe as much as Gary. I don't know. Gary's Gary's kind of the goat in, in all aspects. But uh, trying to get these guys on the show because they're they're really fun guys, fun to talk to and want to, want them to talk through the dibs platform. So hopefully we'll have some guests upcoming, some other industry guests. So keep an eye out for that. Anything yeah, we're else working we need on, to tell the people? No, we're working on getting some cool guests. Hopefully we'll have one for, for next week. But um, we appreciate the love. Please subscribe, rate, review. And, um, you know, a lot of fun times happening in sports right now in the hobby right now. And uh, we, we, we look forward to uh, bringing, it, bringing it to you guys every week. All right. For Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you later. Take care.